A financial plan requires planning. It's savings, RRSPs, investments, and planning for the unexpected. TD Term Life Insurance can help protect your family's financial future if you were to unexpectedly pass away. You can apply for TD Term Life Insurance online or over the phone by speaking to a licensed advisor. If you're under the age of 55, you could be approved for up to $500,000 of coverage without a medical exam. Conditions apply. TD Term Life Insurance is underwritten by TD Life Insurance Company. Visit tdinsurance.com slash termlife to learn more. After the National Hockey League finished its season in unorthodox fashion, with playoffs held in hub cities and a Stanley Cup celebration in late September, we're looking at some semblance of normalcy this season. Fans won't be in the stands, but the NHL is set to resume with a truncated season in all 31 arenas. But for Canadian fans, things will look a lot different. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10-3. Post-media national hockey writer Michael Trakos joins me by phone to talk about why people should be excited about the all-Canadian division, what it means to players to have hockey back, and how the league is adjusting while we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Don't forget you can find this show on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'd love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about us. So, Michael, with the NHL set to kick things off officially on January 13th, I'm just wondering, how important was it for the league to kind of get some semblance of a regular-looking season for 2021? Also, the NHL is uh, hugely important. The last thing they want to do is not have a season, uh, not have a playoffs, not have a Stanley Cup. And if you can't have fans in the building, that's obviously not ideal, but it looks like Florida, Arizona, Dallas, and we'll see how many more teams enter the mix as we go on. But the hope is, and I was talking with NHL Players Association head Don Fair last week, the hope is by the end of the season that as this vaccine gets rolled out, that more teams are going to be able to welcome fans to the building. And by the time the playoffs come around, we might even get close to capacity. Yeah, And that might be wishful thinking, but... That is the hope, and you know the idea is to recoup some money, but also they can't be the only sports league that is not operating right now. And if the NBA is operating, the NFL, Major League Baseball is in full swing, the NHL has to be there along with it, and uh, for just a variety of reasons. But most importantly, they just want to be part of that sports landscape. Yeah. What do you think is the most substantive change for the league this season? Well, there's a lot of them. You know, it's going to be a shortened season, but. You know, the number one and the one that I think a lot of fans are excited about, at least near the border, is the new divisions. And when you have an all-Canadian division called the North Division, it's exciting. And the reason it's exciting, and talking to colleagues, this seems to be the, the number one reason is there's never been a time, at least since I've been around, when the Canadian franchises have been in such a good spot. and. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to some skeptics that you might be saying, what are you talking about? When's the last time a Canadian team won a Stanley Cup? Uh, it's been since 1993. And, yeah, that's a valid argument. But when you look at Edmonton, that, the team that has Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, the reigning MVP, you look at Toronto with their cadre of talent, including Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, John Tavares, William Nylander. You can go around the country, whether it's Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes in Vancouver. Kachuk, Goudreau, Monaghan, and Calgary, Shifley, Line A, we 
Wheeler in Winnipeg, as well as Connor Hellebuck, the reigning Vesna winner, Kerry Price, Shea Weber in Montreal. Every team has star talent. And I know my colleague Steve Simmons was writing this the other day. Um, try to pick the top four teams that are going to qualify for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be Toronto, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver? Is, is, is Montreal going to make it there? Is Winnipeg? You're going to have two teams not make it. That is really going to be a surprise because in any other year, probably you're going to have like five of the seven Canadian teams should be in the playoffs. And this year it's only going to be four. So it should be a really competitive year. On the flip side of that, though, what about the potential that fans may get kind of bored of yet another Oilers-Sens game or another Canucks-Canadians game? Like, if I'm an Oilers fan, I still want to see how Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are going to manage against the Sidney Crosbys or the Nathan McKinnons or some of these American teams that you want to see your team play every year. Is there a concern that TV audiences may tune out yet another Battle of Alberta? I hear what you're saying, and I'm the same way. I, I want to see Boston against Toronto. Yeah, I, I want to see some of these rivalries play out that we've seen over the years. At the same time, am I going to get bored watching McDavid against Matthews ten times a year? No, because <laughs> these are the best players, and I'd rather see Edmonton Toronto than Toronto against Carolina on a Tuesday night, mm-hmm. or Florida against Ottawa on a Wednesday. And you know what? The ratings, I think, are going to be through the roof. It's not going to be that great, I think, south of the border because you are going to be missing out on a lot of these marquee matchups. But I'll take an all-Canadian matchup every night of the week if it means that I don't have to watch Nashville against Winnipeg or Minnesota against Vancouver. Mm -hmm. There's some teams that I just, I think fans don't really care about in the States. And, you know, even if Ottawa is going to be a train wreck again this year, (laughs) it's Ottawa. Uh, There's just a natural fighting interest when you throw in a game franchise and there's bragging rights and geographical hatred in a good way. I mean, and I think it's been great. I don't think the travel is going to be great. I think that's where we haven't really talked a lot about in terms of what this might mean for a lot of the teams because everywhere else it, it seems like it's a hop skip and a jump away from Pittsburgh playing Philadelphia or you know, teams of that nature but when you're talking about going across the country throughout the year it, it's going to be murder. Toronto doesn't get to play Buffalo they don't get to play the teams that are within driving distance instead they're having to go hop in a plane for most of their matchups. And what about the idea that when it comes to playoff time and the potential to have Canadian teams in the Stanley Cup final, that instead of a year where you'd have teams from the East competing and teams from the West competing, and theoretically you could have an all-Canadian matchup in a Stanley Cup final, that because they're all in one division, the chances of more teams making it deeper in the playoffs becomes smaller. Yeah, all I'll say to that is, when's the last time there's been an all-Canadian Stanley Cup? (laughs) Uh, you're having to go way back in time here. The only thing I'll say to that is, you know, you're putting more eggs in the basket in this way. You're guaranteeing that not only the Canadian teams are going to make the playoffs, but you're going to get four of them. And I imagine we're going to see some Canadian team go deep this year. It, it just seems like the, the numbers are playing out in that favor. But, you know, this is a one-off. And I think for the fans that are maybe purists that, don't get it and they're really skeptical I'll, I'll say you know what it's one year it's a 56 game season it's because of covid 
enjoy it and don't be afraid to kind of be surprised in how the season might play out and you know we might be talking about this season in a good way uh, mm-hmm. for years to come and saying you know what let's keep this north division because i, I want to see vancouver toronto more times than we typically get in the year which is twice a year once there once here yeah earlier you talked about you know some markets in the states having fans in the seats early on in the season you know at a reduced number obviously Last season with the playoffs being held in bubble cities, markets weren't getting revenue from ticket sales, from having fans in buildings. What is the disparity between Canadian markets, which won't be allowing fans, and American ones, which will? How big does that matter in a league that is, I imagine, hurting for some revenue? Yeah, it's going to hurt. And you know what? It's going to hurt the teams that do have uh, fans in the building. I think it's still going to hurt them as well. We're talking about Arizona allowing 5,000 fans. Well, well Arizona is lucky to get, what, 10,000 fans on a nightly basis? Yeah. So it's not going to make a huge difference. I don't think that they're, they're going to be reaping financial rewards over this. I think it's just going to add a little bit maybe normalcy when you watch it on TV. And the fact that you're actually going to have real noise rather than piped in crowd effects. And I'm hopeful that, you know what, as we go on that – and this is what I've been told that Canada is always kind of lagging, maybe six months behind or six weeks behind, probably the latter. Mm-hmm. And never are going to start seeing fans in the building. These numbers for COVID are probably going to go down. I just don't know how quickly that's going to happen, or if it's going to be quick enough where, say, Toronto is going to be able to welcome fans in the building. But yeah, that's the hope is that you know maybe by the playoffs we start seeing some people in the building, and if that's the case. Rather than just the financial benefits, I think it's just going to look a little bit more normal uh, if you're watching at home to see actually fans in the building uh, rather than just the cavernous building with, like I said, piped in noise. Last summer was an interesting experience to watch as a fan sitting at home with the bubbles in Toronto and Edmonton. What lessons do you think the league learned through the bubble hockey experience? And why do you suppose they didn't opt to try and do a bubble season this season? Well, first of all, the players don't want a bubble. You're never going to sell them on leaving your family for five or six months. Uh, It's one thing to do it for a tournament where once you're out, you're out, including yourself, you check out of your hotel. And at most, you're going to be there for two months. It's different to do it for an entire 56 or 82 game season. That was never going to fly. In terms of what they learned, I think they learned that the NHL players are responsible enough where they can trust them. And I think that was a huge thing in convincing the various provinces to go forward with allowing teams to fly in, fly out, is the fact that there were zero positive cases of COVID-19 during that time in the bubble. When players were asked to quarantine, they did so. When they said, you can't leave the bubble and come back in, they respect those rules. And I think they took it seriously enough where this shouldn't be that big of a jump when we're talking about, okay, you're playing a 56-game season here, be responsible, social distance, wear a mask when you're outside, around people. We'll see what happens. I think it's inevitable that we're going to get cases throughout the season. I think we're going to see postponements of games because of a rash of positive cases. At the same time, I don't think we're going to get to the point where the season is going to be shutting down because of COVID-19 due to anything that the players do. Mm -hmm. 
if you're going to compare the NHL to the other various sports leagues, I think the NHL uh, players kind of get this a little bit more. And maybe that's because there's so many Canadian franchises and so many Canadian players and just a different mindset than maybe some of the other leagues where it's largely U.S.-based numbers in terms of the players. But yeah, I'm crossing my fingers and hoping that we get a season and it's a successful one. What do you think success looks like for the league this year? You mentioned that we'll probably have cases and there may be postponements of games. Is it just getting to the end without, you know, major outbreaks or things like that? Or is there another mark of success the league is looking at? I think when we're talking about the season and we're saying this team won it and we're not saying, yeah, but it wasn't a real win. We have to add an asterisk to it. That's not a success. If we're just saying, yeah, it was a good season, just kind of how like we look back at last season and no one's looking at Tampa Bay saying they weren't rightful winners of the Stanley Cup. Mm -hmm. Had it been maybe Montreal, had it been Chicago, a team that didn't have any business in the playoffs, had it been due to maybe one team falling completely out because of a rash of COVID cases, that wouldn't have been the case. But, you know, if we're looking back at the year and saying, yeah, what a weird year it was, however, the rightful team still won the cup and it was still a, a proper season. That, that's what success looks to me. So it's nothing that you can point to aside from just kind of maybe a feeling and just how fans are treating the year. If this is a, an embarrassment of a year where look at the NFL and uh, they've had games where, or at least one game where they ran out of quarterbacks and you're having to trot out a, a tight end mm-hmm. as your pivot. Yeah. Um, if the NHL, is throwing a defenseman in net. <laughs> if they're doing what Germany did at the World Juniors where they have half a roster on the ice, then, yeah, that's not success to me. That's making a mockery of the game, and I think that's the last thing that the NHL wants. As the season gets closer, I imagine you're talking to more players or more coaches. What are the people involved in the games actually saying about the season? Are they looking forward to it? Do they have any concerns? Do they feel the league is addressing concerns? Are they excited to get on the ice and get back to their job? The ones I talk to and uh, see the players, coaches, GMs, they understand what's going on uh, in the world right now. At the same time, they're looking for hockey to be an escape. And they're looking forward to just starting the season, whatever the season might look like, uh, with new divisions, new regulations. But they're, they're looking at it as an escape and maybe a return to normalcy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. I remember talking to John Tavares before the bubble playoffs began. And I said, you know, this is going to be a weird playoffs, John. And I know you expect to go win a Stanley Cup. And that's always the pressure. And I said, is the pressure a little off this year because of everything that's gone on? Are you just kind of, is it going to be a little bit more freer just to play hockey? And he stopped me short and says, are you kidding me? Once you're on the ice, once you lace up those skates and you start playing, there's no way that the pressures from previous years are all of a sudden abated just because of COVID and just because of what's going on. So that's the thing that I'm hearing from the players is that they just want to get on the ice. And if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs, you're trying to get over that hump. And if you're uh, the Edmonton Oilers, it's the same thing. And if you're the Calgary Flames, you're back on the ice. And knowing that if you guys don't get the job done, then 
players could be leaving town next year, whether it's Johnny Goudreau or Sean Monaghan. There could be massive changes made. And I think that's the good and the bad in hockey is the fact that there's no pressure like playing for a Canadian franchise. And when you're going to put them all together in a division, I think it's going to be amplified. And the fact that COVID-19 has kind of ravaged the season and changed how everything looks, it doesn't matter. The same pressures are there. They might even be greater this year because of everything is lumped in one and the whole country is watching. So I'm really excited about what the season's going to bring and who might come out on top. And I'm also excited to see who might be a complete failure. Mm-hmm. And if it's a team that we didn't expect or that shouldn't be at the bottom of the standings, it's going to be changed just like any other year. If anything, I think the noise coming from fans is going to be greater just because everyone is watching. Yeah, and I know fans are eagerly anticipating the start of the season on January 13th. Michael, thanks very much for your time. All right, thank you. 10.3 is a production of Post Media. Theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest, Michael Trakos. More from him at torontosun.com or nationalpost.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.